What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, it is now time for part one of, I think it's going to be like a 10-parter right here. And in these 10 parts, we are going to do a big, huge, deep dive, an all-encompassing, super spectacular on the absolute best music from the year 2002, the anniversary that nobody was asking for, but I'm doing it anyway because that's what we do here on Rock Strikes 10. So it's going to be a five and five. We're going to do five episodes of The Odds and Ends. We're going to do five episodes of The Best Albums of 2002. Okay, so if you are a new friend of the show, I will briefly explain on this particular part and none other what the odds and ends are. It's an ongoing series that I do from time to time or quite a bit 
as I have done here this year, doing all these countdowns. But sometimes we do current odds and ends or archived odds and ends. But basically the odds and ends are songs from records that will definitely maybe not make it on a year-end list when people are talking about the best albums of the year, whether it be songs from soundtracks, tribute albums, cover albums, live albums, EPs, single-only releases. Uh, I'm sure I'll come up with more, and there are probably some different types of examples as we move along here. Box sets, that's another one. And this one right here, like you just heard earlier, that was a song from a soundtrack, if you couldn't tell what movie that was from, then you need to check in someplace and get help. That was a newly realized, reinterpreted, a cover version of the original theme from the Spider-Man TV series done for the Spider-Man movie that came out, the first one of the three that came out under Sam Raimi's watch. And that was Aerosmith doing their version of that particular theme song, Love It or Hate It. And Aerosmith in 2002 is a little sketchy, but I thought that was fun, and that's truly an odd and end, so I had to put it here at the top of the show. you got to start strong, man. Aerosmith, one of the great bands of all time. Doing Spider-Man, have you heard it before? If you stay tuned through the credits, I think long enough it's on there. I don't think it's on during the actual movie, but I haven't seen it in a while. But I did like it, so at some point I'll do a rewatch for sure. And this next one right here is from an odd and end of a different kind, a singles slash rarities double disc retrospective. This band over here, they're definitely, because they're from the UK, they're a lot bigger over there, which is usually a default thing. And they unfortunately didn't really make a whole lot of noise over here in the U.S. except for a couple of songs. But the more I hear this band, Ash, the more I dig them. Definitely like more of their stuff than I don't. And there's a whole double disc worth of stuff to get into. If you're unfamiliar, this might be a good place to start. It's a collection called Intergalactic Sonic 7 Inches. And it is what it says it is. It's from singles, b-sides, soundtracks, and tribute albums. Basically all the odds and ends that they had in their career up to this point, which I believe they're about five or six years in at this point. But those kind of odds and ends appear on this particular collection. I got a really good idea of the band with this collection, so I do recommend it. I'm going to play you what I guess I call nowadays an example of doubling down on your odd and end record, which is that new song from your best of. So I'm playing that to represent Intergalactic Sonic 7 Inches by Ash. This was the lone brand new song for this collection. Just in case all the hardcore fans had every single and every whatever, here's one on here to make you buy it. This song is called Envy.
from the collection Intergalactic Sonic 7 Inches. That was Ash with a brand new song to entice people to buy that collection. But it's a really good collection. The song was called Envy. Now we move over here to a double disc live album. The first full length official live album, although they always encouraged bootlegging, which is nice of them. And they had a live EP out prior to this. But the first big bad make you feel like you, you heard a full set type of live record by the Black Crows. Now, very happy to have gotten this upon its release because I had just seen the actual tour that this live album was recorded on where you didn't have to carry the microphone into the building anymore. It was the first example that I had ever seen where the band was offering a download of the show you went to along with your ticket price. So very cool. I never did get the download that I was owed, but that was my fault. That's on me because I didn't have any internet for the longest time, honestly. Like I was living on my own, didn't do the whole internet and computer thing. It took a while, actually. It probably took me another couple of years before I had internet. Uh, but yes, if anybody has the Dallas Bronco Bowl show from the Black Crows Lions tour, hit me up. <laughs> But yes, this live album, just merely called Black Crows Live, or just Live, honestly, is probably the title of the album, it definitely delivers. They are one of the great live bands of the last 30-plus years, and it shows on this thing right here. I doubt there was any sweetening or touching up or doctoring on it. But yes, check it out. It's a really cool live album. I'm going to play you a slight deep cut from it. it. Just This one really hit me really well upon this last listen that I did recently. So here you go. From Black Crows Live, this is Cursed Diamond. I lose my I forget myself. Sometimes I fall myself. Yes, and I might fight myself. But then I me
Black Crows right there with a live version of Cursed Diamond from their double disc album called Live. We move over here to another double disc, but of the greatest hits variety. And this is one of those collections that's probably not that super necessary anymore with all the box sets that have been coming out by this band. But at the time, this was a must-own record because it was the first time that this catalog had any kind of proper remastering done to some of the songs. And I'm talking about Black Sabbath. Now, that's the one good thing, in a sense, about the Osbournes being such a successful show at this time in the early 2000s, is it gave the record labels, anybody that was remotely associated with Sabbath or Ozzy that had legal means to put something out, they pretty much were going to be doing that. And it's not like you were forced to buy everything that came out, but there was some kick-ass shit that came out because of the Osborne. So I do appreciate it on that level. This double-disc best of right here, Symptom of the Universe, at the time, like I said, a must-own for a couple of different reasons. I already mentioned the remastering that was done. It sounds freaking great. Rhino Records always does a killer job with their archive stuff. Of course, you get this really killer book with it as well in CD size form, little mini box. And with that all being said, the remastering gets you in there. And much like any great Rhino Cop, it's going to go in chronological order. And just to sweeten it up just that much more, at the end of representing the Black Sabbath debut album, they go ahead and toss in, for the first time ever, legitimately in America, on CD, Evil Woman, the Crow cover, the band from St. Paul, Minnesota. There you go, Gene. The song Evil Woman was included for the first time on a Sabbath comp for real in the United States. So that was a big deal at the time, and I was happy to hear it. I don't think I ever heard it before this. So once again, makes this a must-own in a sense. And if you just need a good Sabbath 101, this one's pretty much going to do it for you. Two discs, and it gets the job done as far as giving you the overall brush of things. So of course, that being said, and what I just said about Evil Woman, I'm going to play it here. So you can hear it and hear the great, awesome sound quality that this disc provided for us fans. So here you go. Here's Black Sabbath with Crow's Evil Woman.
Evil Woman right there by Black Sabbath covering that Old Crow song. Yeah, Old Crow. That's all I hear is like some cockney guy going, shut up, you old crow. All right, so let's move on from that. Uh, just talking about other things that came out because of the success of the Osbournes. And, you know, honestly, I'm not just saying it was just that, but it definitely rubber stamped a lot of projects along, I bet, because of that. There's the Ozzy box set that we talked about in 2001. Around the same time as this, actually also in 2002, but I had to cut it off just due to having 51 tracks, and that don't play. But there was a double-disc official live album from the Sabbath Vaults called Past Lives, and that legitimized the Live at Last album, which was a bootleg for the longest time. And then they wound up putting it out officially as disc one of Past Lives, and then disc two of Past Lives is a ladder tour sometime around the Sabotage era. So if you're a big fan, definitely check out Past Lives as well, which came out, like I said, in 2002. It's got some great live Sabbath performances on there. Just wanted to mention that because it also came out in this year. And then it just really led up to the big bad box set that you gotta own. If you bought a copy of this back in the day, then you are fortunate. I unfortunately had to wind up selling it off at one point because I was broke and this thing is worth money. But dude... The Black Sabbath Black Box, the first eight Ozzy albums remastered on CD. Sabbath in the CD era never sounded as good as they did on that set. And even subsequent special editions of those albums do not get the job done. That Black Box owns. If you can find it at a decent price, get it. It is badass. And, as it so happens, besides all the cool Rhino stuff that comes with it, the big book, it's crazy, it's a felt box, they do include Evil Woman at the end of the Black Sabbath disc. So it gets everything done from the Ozzy era from a studio point of view. Okay, and thinking of Sabbath, I think about Tony Iommi. He puts out really cool instrumentals on a lot of those Sabbath records, like Laguna Sunrise comes to mind immediately. That That's one of my favorite instrumentals of all time. And I say all that because I'm about to play you an instrumental from a very excellent guitar player as well. Someone that I don't really own a whole lot of albums by, but I definitely respect the guy as a player. And it's really easy to not take the person seriously. And I really hate to say that as a fan of theatrical rock, but when you have a bucket of chicken on your head, it's going to be really hard for people to take you seriously. But Buckethead has always been a massively talented guitar player. I mean, there's a reason why he's been used for movie scores and commercials and whatever. He's just good, and he's got a great sound. And the guy is probably the most prolific guitar player of all time. He's got a solo discography that would make anybody weep not named Zappa. And he might have more, as far as I know. But I'm going to talk about this one right here. So Buckethead, he put out freaking three albums in 2002, but I'm going to represent this one right here. I listened to it recently, and I'm like, man, that thing's really good. It's really outside the realm of what people might think he plays, showing off a lot of diverse styles and stuff like that. But much like when I hear a good Tony Iommi instrumental, I'm like, man, this is good. I'm going to put it on the show. It's not rock a roll at all, like even remotely. It's not, it's not a shred fest or anything. It's just... It's a beautiful piece, so I want to play it here for you. Take a little time out and appreciate something like this. So from the album Electric Tears, this is Buckethead's tribute to Miles Davis. Not a cover, but just a tribute to the man. The song is called Sketches of Spain.
Buckethead right there with Sketches of Spain from his album Electric Tears. Hope you enjoyed that. I like guitars, so if you like guitars, then maybe you did like that. All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's an end joke. Okay, moving on here. And what a tie-in we have for you right here. Just due to the A to Z factor, if you couldn't tell, I'm going A to Z here. I've got another guitar player coming up here that has been associated in the past with Guns N' Roses. If you didn't know, Buckethead was an official lead guitarist for Guns N' Roses for quite a few years. Played on some of Chinese Democracy and all that stuff. And this guy here, who was Izzy Stradlin's replacement in the band once Izzy took off, is this guy right here, Gilby Clark. Gilby uh, was working all the time, even when he was in Guns N' Roses. Put out some solo records. And he's one of those guys that you see out and about on a lot of these tribute albums at the time. And I'm going to play you a song from one of the said tribute albums right here, which, uh, no coincidence, is a tribute to Guns N' Roses. And Gilby's actually not singing on this track, but he is playing guitar on this track, along with Tracy Guns, who, this is one of those tribute albums where it's got the same house band and they just bring different singers in to sing the song. So the principal players on this album, which was originally called Welcome to the Jungle, I believe, a tribute to Guns N' Roses. The in-house band, you got Gilby Clark on guitar, Tracy Guns on lead guitar, Kyle Kyle of Bang Tango, and I believe later on the Newly Deads on bass, and the late great Randy Castillo on the drums, which uh, unfortunately we lost Randy this year here on 2002. A big loss for the hard rock and heavy metal community. He was one of the great power drummers of all time. Mostly known for playing with Ozzy, of course, and played briefly with Lita Ford and Motley Crue and a handful of other bands. But yeah, Randy was awesome. Had the pleasure of seeing him multiple times live. So yeah, he plays drums on this tribute album, but there's not much for him to do on this track, unfortunately, as much as I talked Randy up. Of course, you probably have a lot of the records that he's on, so no harm, no foul. So this particular Guns N' Roses track features no drums. But features some mighty fine acoustic guitar playing by both of the fellas I mentioned right here. And bringing in another guy who can definitely play the guitar, but is a killer singer. An amazing singer. I've seen him multiple times live as well. And he always delivers still to this day. You can go see him tomorrow and he's going to put on one of the best shows you'll see all year. So, doing this Guns N' Roses cover from this Guns N' Roses tribute album called Welcome to the Jungle. This is John Karabi with Patience. Shed a tear cause I'm missing you I'm still alright to smile Girl, I think about you every day now There was a time when I wasn't sure But you put my mind at ease There is no doubt you're in my heart now I said, woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. I said, sugar, make it slow, and we'll come together fine. All we need is just a little patience. Sit here around the stairs Cause I'd rather be alone If I can't have you right now I wait there Sometimes it gets so tense But I can't speak up the time 
But you know, love, there's one thing left to consider I said, woman, take it slow And things will be just fine You and I just use a little patience Said sugar, take the time Cause the lights are burning bright You and I got what it takes to make it We won't fake it I will never break it Cause I can't take it I think John left the room there in the last minute and a half of that song, which is unfortunate because I would have loved to hear him tear into that just like Axel does at the end of it. But maybe he was like, oh, that's Axel's thing. I, I don't know. But if you're going to cover a song, you know, still do it. I, I don't know. But I, that's my only complaint. Otherwise, did a great job there in that first three quarters of the song. And that was the great John Karabi along with the great Tracy Guns and Gilby Clark, ex-Guns and Roses right there. Well, hey. Tracy Guns, also, he was in Hollywood Rose, the original version of Guns N' Roses, and was basically in Guns N' Roses right at the very beginning. So, hey, guy's got a right to be in that room as well. So, hope you enjoyed that little different version of a song you've probably heard a lot. I've always enjoyed Patience. It's one of those pick-up-the-guitar songs and play it. You know, I, I mentioned that on some previous episodes. We're moving on here to a band that came out real hot for me in 2002, Probably, if I had to think about it, but we'll see what happens with this album list I got coming up here. Probably my favorite new band of 2002. So I'm curious to see how they'll fall on the albums list. But prior to their full length coming out in the same year, they put out a launch EP in order to get people excited about it, which I remember getting this at my CD store as a promo. And that's how I got on them. Easily enough, a label sending out a promo CD. Got the hole cut in the skew right there. And it was the EP for this band right here called The Coral. And I listened to it. I was like, wow, is this like a reissue from the 60s? Like one of those Nuggets kind of bands that I never heard of before. But no, they were a brand new band. They were super young at the time. They were like in their early 20s, I believe. Playing this music that's like a combination of like... You know, I guess it's folk in a way, like 60s folk, but really heavy on the psychedelic rock as well. It's just got a good classic feel to it that was definitely missing at the time. They definitely filled a gap of this really cool retro sound in 2002 of all years, which is probably why they didn't do well. People wanted really vanilla stuff like Coldplay, so I've always cursed Coldplay for making it at the expense of the coral, and I truly believe that to be a real thing. But yes, enough of my weird feuds. Coldplay still sucks and has always sucked, but getting back to the choral right here, the EP in question was called Skeleton Key, named after one of their songs, and I have a big affinity for this EP 
because like I said, it got me on this band, and I'm still a fan to this day. They're still putting out records. So in my opinion, they are a success in that sense, that they never gave up, and they're doing well enough to keep putting out records. They always wind up somewhere in my top albums list, so they're still doing a great job. So check out one of the first ever songs that they ever recorded right here. This is The Choral with The Oldest Path. They definitely took the oldest path, which is as far as the oldest path in style for that kind of music, for sure. And taking a chance, like I said, in the early 2000s. But I'd say they're definitely at least a cult band at this point. So, yes, the choral and the oldest path from their Skeleton Key EP last year, man. That Coral Island record, that was one of my favorite albums of the year. If you want like a good full album experience with like a loose concept, man, that thing is really cool. Still listen to it quite a bit, so go check out all their records and check out their latest one as well. More on that debut album on the top albums list of 2002. We move on here to a collection of rarities and outtakes from Elvis Costello. Very strange, he put out this rarities collection in the same year that he had put out his When I Was Cruel record, very, very shortly after that record came out, which is a damn good record for him. He came out with this collection that was like just leftover stuff from the sessions of that record, some live tracks here and there, some B-sides, what have you. And I thought that was an interesting move. It's not quite up to the standards that I hold him to, but there's some stuff to like on this compilation. It's called Cruel Smile, by the way, as the sequel to When I Was Cruel. So I have a bit of an ulterior motive for playing this particular track off of Cruel Smile, and I'll tell you why at the end of the song. So here's Elvis Costello with Oh Well. The ink 
I'm sitting helpless with my paper and chalk I had to follow my passion away I don't get paid that much for all I deserve to waste the sentence on Shatter my nerves I had to follow my passion Away Sometimes I long to run outside I give it all up But it's my pride Oh well, oh well I had a dream once, or so I thought I'd be a pilot or an astronaut I had a dream like that until I found Even Astronaut goes into the ground Life is just passing us bye-bye Oh Costello right there with a laid-back song called Oh Well. Now, I'm going to tell you right now why I picked that particular song. It's it's not anything like super special or anything, honestly. But I was doing the thing where I had it out. I was looking through the liner notes of the CD and just finding interesting stuff to maybe talk about or see if anything jumped out at me. And this thing did for sure. It's a real on-the-down-low kind of song. But I saw that it was credited with two writers on it, Elvis, of course, and a guy named Kamal Fareed, who, if you don't know, that's Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. So I don't know what his name's doing on this song. I don't know if maybe he quoted some of his old rhymes. You can't really tell by listening to the song, obviously. Uh, But I don't know. I'm going to do some more digging. Nothing really available right away as far as me just looking into it. But there you go. A song co-written by Elvis Costello and Q-Tip. I never thought I'd say that on the show or out loud ever, but there you have it. Next up here, we got a song from a soundtrack. that The soundtrack actually had a conceptual feel to it, and it also works as a tribute album to the Beatles. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a movie called I Am Sam. I never saw it, by the way. It didn't look like anything that I would like, so I've never watched it to this day. And I didn't buy the soundtrack either upon its release because it had about, I guess, four to six acts on there that I would like, okay, I'd like to hear that, but I wasn't going to pay full CD price for something that I knew right away that I was only going to like a handful of songs. But working as a Beatles tribute album and something here by Sheryl Crow, which I don't believe she's going to be showing up on the top albums list because this was definitely the first year of decline for me and Sheryl where we were kind of breaking up, but still had a handful of good songs. And I really do enjoy this version quite a bit. I never really heard it back in the day, but I checked it out the other day. I'm like, man, that is good. I'm going to put it on the odds and ends here. So as an example of a good recording that Cheryl Crow put on in 2002 from the I Am Sam soundtrack, here's her version of the White Album's Mother Nature's Son. Young 
Crow with her interpretation, a, a very honorable interpretation, I would say, of that Linda McCartney composition, that Beatles song, that Beatles song from the White Album originally, but here on the I Am Sam soundtrack via the YouTube. Thanks, guys. That was Mother Nature's Son. The other ones I would seek out maybe are like Paul Westerberg's on there, Black Crows is on there, kind of like the Amy Mann and Michael Penn doing Two of Us. That's a nice song. So there, there's a few things to like on that I Am Sam soundtrack. But like I said, I would avoid some of it for sure. Now we have the last song of the night, which is a pure get-up contrast to the song you just heard. And woohoo, man, this one. This is an EP release. It's a one-time-only collaboration as far as from what I could tell. I, I don't see where they've collaborated since then. But this might be enough for the world. If they do anything more, the world just might end. If it hasn't really already, and we're just living in a weird alternate state. So Mike Patton got together with the Dillinger Escape Plan, and I guess he was like, I'd like to sing for you guys. You guys are weird. That's just how I interpret things here, but that's probably pretty close. If you've never heard a Dillinger Escape Plan record, it's all over the place musically. They call it math rock, I guess, which is a weird, stupid term, which I don't like, but... They're a crazy-ass band, for sure. I think that's a little more accurate. Their time signatures seem to make no sense. It would be hard to write it down on any kind of musical sheet of paper. But they're interesting for that reason. And Mike Patton's always interesting, even when he's doing shit that I would never buy. It's at least interesting. If you're going to fail, fail interestingly. That's the way to be in art. But yes, Patton and Dylan Drake's Plan got together, did this EP called Irony is a Dead Scene. Love that title. And I wish it was. It's as manic as it is on record as you would think it would be as it appears on paper. So, yeah, if that sounds intriguing to you, get it. Listen to it. It's insane. I'm going to give you the most accessible song on this record. Plus, it's the closer on the EP, so I figured it would make a good closer here of part one of the odds and ends here for 2002. So, closing off, here is Patton and the DEP with their version of Apex Twins' Come to Daddy. Come to 
yes, I promise you that was the most accessible track on that EP. You are warned if you go further down that hole. That was the Apex Twin, now classic, I, I, I'm assuming. <laughs> it's their most popular song. That was Come to Daddy, performed by Mike Patton with the Dillinger Escape Plan backing him up. Having fun. I hope you're having fun here with me. We got four more parts of the odds and ends of 2002. Before we get to the big albums list, there will be a twist in the albums list. So stay tuned as we truck along through the A to Z of the odds and ends. We'll see you back very soon, if not at the end of this day. So until then, stay tuned from a better half NOLA with the plugs and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, NOLA. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend, Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.